Hi, I'm Ben and welcome to the Productive Project Manager podcast, where I'll be talking to you about project management, agile delivery and how you can improve your productivity at home and at work. Hey, and welcome to episode 12 of the Productive Project Manager podcast. And this week it's part one of four where I'm talking about the content that I went through on a recent webinar that I hosted, Surviving Remote Project Management. And the first part of that is how to stay in control of your projects, which is what I'm going to be going through today. And following that, we're going to be talking about how to maximize team collaboration and how to run kick-ass meetings and how to maximize your productivity from home. So these are going to be released over the next four weeks. And the Surviving Remote Project Management webinar, I did it because just had loads of good insights and small things that I know that can help fellow project managers out there on how to run their teams remotely after doing it for, well, on and off over the years, but now full-time over the last few months. The whole approach for the webinar is all about how you can make those small improvements. Not the big bang changes, but like 1% improvement in everything you do. And if you do that, then you see massive improvements over time. So this episode, how to stay in control of your project. So working remotely as a PM, it can be daunting because you don't have that safety net anymore of being able to just walk over to the team when you need something or you need to get something done. But there is an advantage of working remotely as a project manager and it forces you to prepare better because you have to because you don't have that face-to-face interaction, that fallback. So you need to think about next time you have that catch-up with the team, you need to ask the right questions. You need to think about really what you need to get out of it rather than just going straight into that meeting and seeing how it progresses. So remote work is going to make you a better project manager, so there is a lot of positivity about it. And when I say be in control of your project, it doesn't mean like literally in total control like the traditional project manager who directed everything, told everyone what to do. It's much more about having a shared understanding across the team so everyone knows what you're looking to achieve on a project. Information is easily accessible and that even comes down to the tools that you use. So the first approach I want to talk about is skipping the status meetings. And you do this because you can get quick team-wide updates from it. And I'm sure you know status meetings take up a lot of time for a lot of people. And quite often... You get people in there who talk too much and it's not really that it's not really information that holds a lot of value to everyone in the room. It can take at least an hour. If you've got a big team, that's a lot of people adding up to a lot of hours. And something I loved that I saw recently was how Basecamp approach status meetings. So basically they don't. And what they do is they send out a message like, what do you plan to work on this week? Like every Monday, first thing, and that's on their chat channel. And then everyone, because they're expecting this, they feed back in bullets. I want to achieve this, I want to achieve that, I need help from this person on this day. All the typical information you might get in a status meeting, but it's very concise and to the point. And then what that means is within a few minutes, you've got the whole team has fed back rather than taking over an hour. Everyone can see it, lots of transparency. As a project manager, you can then look at it and you can spot the key things that you need to know or you might need to ask some questions of one of the individuals so you go to them directly afterwards and ask those questions, get the answers you need. Or someone else in the team might see an update from another team member and go, actually, they're not 
thinking about this task that we've got to do this week so they can let them know. So it's a really collaborative way of doing things. And also as a project manager, you get a project plan for the week in the space of a few minutes. And that's exactly what every project manager wants really, is always having that clear plan ahead. And this, is, this gives you it, you've got all the information you need. And then ultimately what that does is free up the time for your team to then go and do the actual work rather than sitting in a meeting for an hour or two every week. And then the second approach is something called a team board. And a team board is there to reduce emails, Slack messages, and again, just create more focused time for the team. And a team board is to manage all non-urgent requests. And again, you want to give the team the headspace to do great work, not be interrupted by emails and Slack messages all through the day because they're such a productivity killer. And quite often these requests are, they're not urgent. Someone's just thought of something, so they'll post it or they'll email it. And because we're so used to responding quickly on these tools, you feel like you have to, you can't leave it for a day. So it's very disruptive. It takes you out of that flow. And they're full of things like, I just got this quick question, or did this happen, or did that happen? And what you do with a shared team board is if you use Trello, or if you're aware of swim lanes, what you've got is a swim lane for each individual team member with just their name at the top. And then if you think of a question that's not urgent for that day, you just pop it onto their swim lane, and then every morning the team gets into that habit of looking at the board and they'll pick up those actions that are needed for that day and they plan it into their day so it's not disruptive. And as a PM, you get to see all the types of questions that are being asked. And then you can start to spot, hang on a minute, there's a bit of a theme occurring here. There's certain type of questions keep being asked of the team. Maybe I can fix this by improving a process or providing better information in the meeting that you already have booked every week. So it's a really great way to improve your processes as a project manager. The next one is create a project canvas that is the operating system for your project. So have you ever worked on a project and weeks into the project, a team member may say, I thought we were trying to do X or Y or whatever it is. Or they say, who's this person who keeps asking me for an update? And you're like, they're the main client. You know, we've met them. <laughs> How do you not know them? So there's lots of questions like that that you get. And also on a project, it's often assumed that the engineers just need to know what to build and the designers just need to know what to design. But the problem with this is it creates silos within the team and it can impact the work completed because it might not meet expectations because there's not a shared understanding. So you've got wasted work, there's rework and there's lack of engagement with the team as well. So what a project canvas is, it's like a bird's eye view of the project. And it's created at the start of the project. So you create a sh an understanding together of the project at a broad level. And it's called a canvas because if you imagine it, it's just on one page. And this can be as, as beautifully designed as you want. Or it can just be done on a, an A1 board. It doesn't really matter. It's all about the information. But it includes things like the vision or the purpose of the project. The objectives. Some key processes. The key clients. Who's the project team? And what are you looking to achieve? You know, the values, what are the risks? Just 
any information that's going to be really useful for the team. So whether it's the team or someone who's outside of the project, they could just pick up that piece of paper, look at it and get a good understanding of what you're trying to do, who's trying to do it and when you're trying to achieve all of this. And it isn't all of the detail, it's just high level across some key areas. Plus, it's also dynamic because as you know, no project ever goes exactly as planned. So it's gonna change as you go. So you want to adapt your project canvas. So create that key information, something that's shareable, but make sure it's also accessible for the team as well. So the next one is a team wiki, which is a living database for your project that's continuously being updated to share learnings, guides, and project knowledge. So if the project canvas was the bird's eye view of a project. The team wiki is like the ground level because again, a project is often filled with questions like, where can I find that document you shared the other day? Or how do I do, how do I get onto that tool that we've been, we need to use on this project? Just general sort of process conversations. So as a project manager, it's time consuming. And it can be frustrating for you and the team. And it isn't good for the team's productivity or your own productivity for that matter. So as a project manager, you want the team to be working productively and not to be reliant on you to share every piece of project information when they need it. And a wiki can help solve this because the team all collaborates building and maintaining the wiki. It's built in a tool that's accessible by everyone. It's somewhere where you can just store information, whether that's a Word document or some notes or a PowerPoint or whatever it is, it just needs to be able to store information and make sure it's in a tool that's accessible and easy to access for the team. But you don't need to try and think of everything that needs to go in the team wiki because you build it up over time. You just put in there what's known and valuable at that time. So at the start, it's gonna have things like the brief in there. It's gonna have some links to your processes over time, feedback on the retrospectives, team information, contact details. So you just add it when you need to, but it's the team's responsibility to maintain it, improve it over time. Because then as a PM, you can then focus on the important task of just creating an amazing project environment and delivering on what that project needs to, to do versus being the team's in-person Google search, which is just, as I said, very time consuming and not very productive for anyone. The next one is create a communication flow that focuses on value over process. So a communication flow isn't looked at very often, but it should be. Because it's how information, meetings, uh, project communication, how it all links together. And think of it as a systems thinking approach. Meetings, reports, updates, they all have to link together and they have to feed off each other. And you have to have a reason why you have one on this day and one on the next day. They can't be created in silo. So how does that Monday morning client status meeting link to the project team meeting two days before? So does the information flow correctly between it? Are the right attendees in there? Does one serve the other? Or is the right type of information being discussed in one that will benefit the other? Or you could say, is the data in the, the report that we send on a Wednesday supporting the Friday report that's sent two days later? So you need to 
look at things like small regular updates over long sporadic meetings to help with your communication flow because small meetings are focused and they're consistent versus as a project manager calling out we need to get together to replan and have a really long session it drives the individuals crazy on the project but having those small regular meetings for good reasons and they all link together and they offer value really helps to create a great communication flow and then as you build out your communication flow you always need to think about your push and pull approach to information because it reduces the noise and it makes the right type of information accessible so by push i mean the reports that are being sent to the client or the team on a weekly basis so this should just be the really important stuff that you need to make sure gets put into people's inboxes or presented to them face to face whatever it might be and then the pull it's a little bit like the wiki you have key information you know where it is as a team member but you know that it's you have to get it if you want it rather than just getting bombarded with loads and loads of reports so make sure you have that split between the push and pull approach and the last thing on this is look to where you can combine communications so if you've got two very similar meetings, make them one. Free up more time for those individuals. Same for reports. Can you group them? So in summary, create a communication flow that all fits together. Map it out on a big piece of paper, the different reports, the meetings. Have a look when they happen, who's in them, how one can serve the next, what information flows in, what information flows out to make it as a productive and smooth and valuable possible process for your project team. Right, next is centralize your project tools for fast and clear communication. So as a project manager, one of the most frustrating times can be when you just can't remember where you saw that last piece of information or a decision or a report. You know, was it in that email? Was it a Jira comment, a Slack message? And you just waste valuable time trying to find it. Or you miss something completely. Someone's come up to you and asked you about something and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Did you email that to me? Was it on Slack? And they're like, I emailed you three days ago. Did you not see it? And you're like, oh, sorry, I must have missed it. And this is what happens when you have lots of tools all doing similar things. It's very, very hard to stay on top of it as a project manager. So the first thing you need to do is review the tools in terms of numbers. If you've got too many, which ones can you reduce? And if they're doing the same things, cut them out. But then have a look at what the team actually using those tools for. Because if they're not using it for what they're designed for, then you might as well not use it, use something else. So agree upfront as a team, which tools you really need to use and why, and then agree on how they're going to be used so if you have a certain place or tool that you use to log decisions everyone needs to know that um, because when they need to know about those decisions they know where to go and also it could be tools for storing documentation yeah, again going back to those questions earlier where, where can i find this where can i find that if the team know that all of your documentation is always on the project folder on box or it's in the wiki or wherever it is they can go there and they don't have to ask you for it. So whatever you do, always have a look at how you can reduce the tools, but then clearly articulate how they're going to be used as well by the team. 
Okay, what could go wrong? So by asking this question, you can discover amazing insights into your project. Because you may not feel comfortable in asking this question to your team sometimes. But when asked, whether it's to the team or individuals, it really makes people think. Because it's easy to update on what you're doing or what you need to do as an individual. But you know projects don't always go to plan. So by asking this question, there isn't a quick, simple answer because most people aren't used to it. And this is when you get those insights that really help you as a project manager stay in control of your project because you'll get feedback on how you might need to change the plan or who needs help or what is missing so the team can do what they've planned. But don't overuse it. It's like anything. If you do something too much, people get too used to it and they just come out with the same old answers. But it's a great question to use in planning meetings or running a weekly status. You know, you get to the end of the week and everyone's had a really great week. Be brave and ask what could go wrong next week. Just to, you know, just, you might just get that one little insight that really makes a massive difference to how successful your project is. So as a PM, integrate it into your planning questions, then use it regularly, but not too much to stay on top of your plan. Okay, the final thing in this podcast is ask how can I help you rather than what are you working on? So this is another question that can provide you with just greater feedback from the team. Because by asking what are you working on, like the previous question, you kind of just get the stock answer because it's a pretty easy one to answer. I'm doing this, I'm doing that, blah, blah, blah. And there's nothing wrong with asking this question because you do obviously need to ask it in times if you don't know. But by asking, how can I help you? It just has multiple benefits because first of all, the team member is more likely they're going to speak out about a problem because you've asked, you insinuated, you know, is there any issues there? And that's especially so for the quieter ones or the less confident ones who are less likely to come to you and say, there's a problem here, we need to fix it. Because they may think, actually, you know, I'm quite new, I'm junior, I'm sure someone else has thought of this problem and they're probably having a conversation about it. I don't need to raise it, I don't want to cause any trouble. But what if no one else has? So ask this question. Because not only will you get great insights, but the team members will really appreciate the offer because it isn't just about getting insights. It's just as important that you're genuinely asking the team, can I help and helping them out as a project manager. You should be taking that servant leader approach as a PM as well as helping organize the team. Okay, that is it for how to stay in control of your projects. I hope you found those tips and approaches useful for you and something you can try soon on your projects as well. And as I mentioned, this is part one of four podcasts in a series called Surviving Remote Project Management. And the next three to come up are how to maximize your team collaboration, how to run kick-ass meetings, and how to maximize your productivity from home. More information in the show notes. Hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe. I'm on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much all of the, the major podcast outlets. If you like this content, then please check out my blog, which is teambenwilmot.com or come along and follow me on Twitter at teambenwilmot. All right, I'll see you on the next one.